everybody. Hey guys, how are you doing? This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And this is the Back Row Super Show. This is a book club uh, episode. Yeah, this is where we both have read a book. We're going to discuss the book, uh, the topics, the themes, uh, what we felt uh, when we were reading the book. Yeah. So we are definitely going into spoilers. Yeah, yeah, there will be spoilers. So if you have not read it, you may want to read this book. It's very quick to mm-hmm. read this one. Um, and then join us back. Uh, this was my choice. Um, yeah. It is Ray Bradbury's uh, novel from 1962 called Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah, I'm very interested on uh, what made you pick this book. Well, um, so when this goes up, it will be the very end of October. Oh, so Halloween. So it's very Halloween-y. Yeah. Um, I love Ray Bradbury. I, th- I think that the reason I was going towards Ray Bradbury is because we had read um, The Cat Who Walks Through Walls. Yeah. And Heinlein and Bradbury and Asimov are all kind of in that same generation. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that era of sci-fi because I feel like it's, it's back when sci-fi and uh, even horror mm-hmm. element with horror elements because Bradbury's more... Horror. On the horror and yeah, kind of like, weird side, um, I feel like there was still like some some hope in it, but it's before everything got grimdark. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, no. I mean, this is this can be dark in places. Again, but I like the indie theme of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I definitely enjoyed that, and we'll get into those themes uh, as we progress, but. You got some stats for us? I do. So, um, this is actually... Ray Bradbury is known as a short story writer, mainly. Yeah. Um, this is only one of two um, full-length novels. Yep, Fahrenheit. Uh, uh, yeah, for, Fahrenheit 451, 451 is the other one. Yeah. Um, all of his other novels, quote-unquote... And I'm assuming that you've read that book, right? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah it's one of my favorites. Oh, okay. Did you uh, have to read it for school, or did you read it on your own personal time? So we did read it in school. I had read it a couple of years before, Ugh. because my dad had a copy of it. And okay. so I was always a big reader as a kid, and yeah. so I read through it, and then a couple of years later we, we read it in school, and I just love the anti-authoritative anti-censorship yeah um themes that are in that book yeah Um, so i had read that book um i hadn't actually read something this way or something wicked comes this way or this this way way comes comes. yeah sorry sometimes i mix that up oh yeah um so this was actually my first time reading the book oh really yeah oh okay so um yeah it was it was definitely interesting and i'll get into my personal opinions as we progress yeah yeah so um so yeah all of his other uh works are um that are kind of pitched as novels to people are something called fix-ups which don't really happen anymore because the short story market is not what it once was for science fiction yeah um but like so dandelion wine and martian chronicles are both both supposed to be one work in their collected versions yeah (laughs) um but a fix-up are short story collections um that are that are kind of given a post hoc uh framing device yeah um asimov had tons of these that were it was just like here's all the robot stories and i'm going to kind of link them together before it gets collected yeah, sort um, of the shared universe. And yeah, whatnot. yeah, yeah. So 
the history behind this one is that as a 12 year old uh bradbury encountered a carnival magician huh. um named mr electro oh really? electric mr electrico oh, okay. um he sensed that bradbury was a reincarnated friend of his who had died in world war one Oh, I didn't know about this. <laughs> um, Bradbury then wrote nonstop, pretty much, after this this carnival musician told him to live forever. <laughs> so this is his way of living forever, is just yeah, writing, writing as much as possible. Yeah. Um, in 1955, Bradbury suggested that he and Gene Kelly work together on a movie directed by Gene Kelly. Hmm. Um, they spent five weeks adapting a 1948 short story of his called The Black Ferris into an 80-page treatment. So, uh, do you know what a, the difference between a treatment and a script, a full script is? No, why don't you so, elaborate? Um, in, in film, a full script, uh, or for, for a feature at mm -hmm. least, basically translates to about a page a minute. So you would be looking at, you know, 90 to 120-page scripts for most mainstream feature-length feature films today. Oh, okay. A treatment is what you write when you're pitching it to someone, so you kind of have, like, a beat sheet of, like, this is the general story. Yeah. It, there's not a whole lot of dialogue. It's just, like, story more, description. More of a detailed outline. Yeah, so treatments are typically, like, five pages. Oh. <laughs> so having one that's, like, that's 80, 80 means pages. that, like, yeah. okay, you guys are getting way too into this. So, yeah, kind of in the reads. Um, that might have contributed to... So Kelly shopped it around to a bunch of different studios, and yeah. none of them got financial backing. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bradbury then adapted that same treatment into a novel mm -hmm. uh, over a five-year period, more or less. Um it was kind of intended as a thematic sequel to his book, uh, Dandelion Wine. Oh. Uh, both of them are set in Greentown. Dandelion Wine's one of the fix-ups. So okay. all the short stories are based in Greentown, which is based on Bradbury's hometown, hometown. of uh, Waukegan, Illinois. Yeah, I mean, reading this book, you can definitely tell that he's pulled a lot from like his childhood, his sort of like family style. And yeah, yeah, a lot of it, like, it evokes a very, like, Midwestern suburban yeah, feel. Yeah, which um, was definitely an interesting feel because I've never lived that life. Yeah, yeah. I've always lived here in the city, so. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. So I'm interested in, in getting your yeah. um, response to this. Mm -hmm. uh, because So, well, and, and just to kind of piggyback on... on um, dandelion wine apparently in 06 2006 the uh the sequel to dandelion wine called farewell summer uh finally completed his Greentown trilogy no oh, huh. um and then in 2008 another short story collection called summer morning summer night set was set in Greentown as well so oh, well. that's that's kind of his his home base for his stories yeah um i figured we can go through uh, maybe the characters, since uh, Bradbury's kind of focused on a study of characters in this novel rather than, like, the action. Sure, like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's how they change, so... Yeah, because they're ever-changing, and... Yeah. I mean, I guess the big, like, overall theme is a carnival is coming into this town, and the two main uh, boys um, end up visiting that carnival and mystical stuff happens so right yeah. so yeah so um 
yeah, basically, the, there's three main protagonists in mm. this book. Uh, there's Will Holloway. Yes. He is uh, born one minute before midnight on uh, October 30th. Yeah. Uh, he's naturally very obedient. He's wary of kind of scary situations. He's more timid. Yeah, um, he's the more reserved one. And then the other boy is who has probably the best comic, like the, yeah. the most evocative, like sci-fi-ish name yeah. is Jim Nightshade. Which is super cool. Um, he was born one minute after midnight on October 31st. Yeah. Um, he is kind of brooding. He's impulsive. Um, he acts pretty much as a foil to yeah. Will. Like, he's he's his opposite, really. Um, and they're both kids, and they're both protagonists. Like, neither one of them is really an antagonist. Yeah, no. Um, but they definitely have their different styles of operation. Right. And, um, you know, um, the younger boy, um, Nightshade, uh, definitely. What? Older. Older, yeah, No, sorry. yeah, no, you're right. No, he's he's younger. younger. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, is the, kind of the catalyst, um, he's the one who's always bringing the other boy into... Like yeah, because I feel troubles. like all of us as kids had friends that was yeah. like willing to go that one extra step. Yeah, and kind of like push the situation a little bit further than it probably should have gone. And the funny thing is, like, you don't think that kid would do it by himself, but yeah. since he's egged you on, you're like, well, now we're a now duo. we're doing it. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think everybody's kind of had that one friend, which yeah. makes it very relatable. Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely kind of like you know when i read sometimes i put myself into a character's shoes or something like that oh yeah i could relate more to um will will yeah uh more than um the other one yeah um which makes it again very relatable though sure. i will say um well we'll keep on talking about the characters so, okay yeah so um the other protagonist is Char um charles holloway he's mm -hmm. will's father uh, yeah. he's in his 50s um it's interesting uh, sorry i keep on oh yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead uh it's interesting because when you first meet him in the book it's not specifically said that this is my father he he specifically says this is the janitor of the library yeah and, and it's yeah, it's it's interesting that like because again it's from the um, kid's perspective that he recognizes him first as a janitor of a library than his actual father. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's um, not very close to his son, but you can yeah. tell that he's he's does love his son. Yeah, he's um, got a good heart. He's part part of that distance. I think is that as an adult reading this now because I haven't read this book in probably twenty years. Oh. oh um, wow. Reading this now as an adult, I can see that his his father is is very unhappy and he's very quiet because mm -hmm. he doesn't want to bring any discomfort or hurt to his son. But he 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 has the regrets of someone who I'm imagining someone in their fifties. But like, you know, as an adult, we all have regrets yeah. and maybe wish our life could have even as a. A young adult, you have regrets. Yeah, yeah, like, but I mean, like the you know the the um, big hurdles don't seem as big at twenty as they do at thirty, and they True. won't when we're fifty. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> they're they're not. Um, I don't know. It's it's very easy for me to relate to 
Charles oh. now more because like well I mean not relate to because I, I don't have like huge life altering regrets or have kids or anything yeah. but like you know everyone has has uh, choices that they wish they could go back and make a different choice yeah or you know do X instead of Y or, or whatever yeah yeah I, I definitely see that um, and it's a very unique um, relationship that he does have with his kid. And yeah, I sort of see him as like setting the status quo, like, you know, not like shaking the boat too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of interesting that he's first introduced as the janitor of the library instead of my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then I thought we could talk about some of the antagonists. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the first one that we're introduced to is Tom Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lightning rod salesman. Yeah. Um, he is tempted into try into the carnival by trying to see the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah, right? and even um, even the father is kind of tempted a little bit. Yeah. When he's like looking at the flyers and he's like, "Oh, this you know, yeah, this looks very <laughs> enticing." I say, "Yeah, maybe I'll go and look at this woman." Um, yeah. We have uh, Miss Foley. She's the school teacher of Will and Jim. Um, She's tempted over the course of the novel and finally succumbs to the carnival. Yeah, uh, in the um, maze, right? No, that was the... On the uh, carousel. Carousel, yeah. 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 Um, We have the Dust Witch. Um, She's she's actually someone who... I Actually, yeah, let me talk about GM Dark and JC Cougar. Um, Because the the carnival is owned by these two... I'll call them guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... GM Dark is the illustrated man. He's covered in tattoos. Yeah. He's um, very uh, charismatic. He's he's very he, charismatic. Yeah. He... The cool thing that I think is, is his tattoos, there's one for each person he has tempted into joining the carnival. Yeah. Him, which is very cool and very monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then JC Cougar is the... Um, probably the more active member of the partnership yeah um he does a lot more of the like come on kids join the circus yeah yeah um he's also i have a note here and i can't remember why i wrote it down called this is mrs foley's nephew um i don't know but didn't didn't the boys rescue one of their teachers out of like a um uh mirror maze yes yeah Mm-hmm. Which which teacher? I forget. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I've I've read this uh, a while ago. Now. <laughs> okay. um, nah. But uh, but yeah, and then the Dust Witch is someone who is illustrated on Mister Dark um, as a blind and corrupted nun. Yeah. Um, and I yeah like, uh, Mister Dark is probably one of the most interesting characters in this story. Uh, yeah, he is because he's the only one. Like Cougar gets like shrunk down because mm-hmm. the of the, the there's a scene on a carousel where you go forward and you get to age up yeah. and you go backwards, backwards. and you age down mm-hmm. and then cougar is aged down and then aged really far up yeah um which is really cool and kind of kind of haunting mm-hmm. um it's it's not a scary scene. I can tell that it's written to be a scary scene because yeah. it's a book from 1962. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's not my gripe, but... Uh, so this 
book is written very, I guess, elegantly. Um, there's a lot of uh, symbolisms, allegories. Um, this isn't a simple read. No. I will say that there there are a lot of like passages that I read that like I did not have like a full understanding of <laughs> exactly what Ray Bradbury was trying to convey to me as the reader. Right. Yeah. Like he he has and, a, a lot of a lot of. Um obfuscation i guess in, yeah. in some of his his writing where he's describing one thing but you're you're you can tell he's trying to communicate a separate idea yeah and it's at odds at times with <laughs> yeah, and again this is kind of my own personal opinion but like i feel like that kind of takes away from the like spookiness of it all yeah i can when see that. when the writing is so obtuse that um it kind of pulls me out of the moment. Yeah. Um, and there are sentences where I'm just like, I don't know exactly what he's trying to say there, but I'm going to keep on moving on. And I, yeah. I get the gist of what's happening, but like the allegory doesn't hit me hard. And maybe it's just, you know, a, a time factor, or maybe it's just his particular writing or something along those lines. Uh, but that's probably one of my biggest critiques of the book um it's not as spooky as i thought it was going to be oh yeah i mean it's it's a book aimed at at young adults or or early adults from the 60s like it's not going to be as as spooky as as yeah you're hoping (laughs) and um it's actually kind of funny because this book really reminds me of like Goosebumps, like reading Goosebumps books, because most it's com- more complicated. It than is Goosebumps. Books. It is it is much more complicated, but it still has a lot of like the same kind of beats and stuff like that. Yeah, like where there's a morality behind. It. Yeah, yeah, where there's a morality behind it. Usually, there's a lesson to be learned. Sure. Um, usually, the main characters are young kids or like teenagers or something like that. So you're sort of seeing this through the eyes of those characters because there's a big part where the two boys go and watch the like circus get set up and everything like that and um as they're like you know watching everything they um they start getting like weary of things and then they start investigating and they figure out spooky stuff's happening yeah and then they try to tell like other people about it and they're like oh you're just kids and that's like a kind of a big theme in Goosebumps as well. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not comparing it directly to Goosebumps, but I could see if R.R.L. Stein got a lot of his influence from this Oh, yeah, this, like, this book influenced, um, I, I don't, I couldn't find anything where R.L. Stein says he was influenced by it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Gaiman and Stephen King both have oh, yeah. said that they're they're heavily influenced yeah. by this, and like I feel like it shows. Like if you look at what Neil Gaiman and Stephen King write, Bradbury is like at the top of their influences list. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, so I kind of saw that comparison, but with you know, Goosebumps being meant for kids and stuff, it's written very simple. Yeah. Where this one is a little bit more complex. Sure. There's more allegories. There's more uh, similes, and um, you know I do enjoy those, but sometimes they do pull me out of the story when 
they don't hit home. And I think that might have just been like a time factor. Yeah. Um, so so there's that. But sure. I really did enjoy this book. Um, I enjoyed reading it. I will say in the middle of the book, it was a little bit of a slowdown for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because the pacing just kind of slows down a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 weird. There, I will say that there is a very uneven pace to this book because the first third of it, I feel like, moves it's very really cool. Yeah, very like quick. Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, yeah, like you you get a sense of everything very quickly. The middle third just kind of slogs. Yeah. like you, it like it's just kind of slows down, and then the very end, like. Everything gets wrapped up. Yeah, like it's like very whoa. quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, like, and I don't know how much of that is because it's based off of an eighty-page treatment. Because this book isn't very long. It's it's, it's like two hundred pa- two hundred pages. Or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah, it's not very long at all. Yeah, and the chapters are very short. Yeah. Um, it feels like you're you know going through this thing pretty fast. But yeah, I found um, I was pretty much through one third of the book i put it down and then like trying to read that middle it just yeah it didn't really yeah it's it is a slog yeah but yeah and then at the very end it's it's very it's very quick though i do like the ending well what did you um how were your feelings i i liked the ending um i guess do i well so so before we talk about that, okay, yeah, uh, I so the novel itself, um, if you couldn't couldn't pick up based on talking about the protagonists and antagonists, um, it's just a classic good versus evil story. Yeah, um, it's it's a story about people who are struggling within their morality with with a temptation of some sort. Yeah, um, it's it's very much like the serpent of um, yeah, like garden, yeah. yeah. Where you're tempted and you, yeah, yeah. So like as an example, Jim is a good character. Like he's he's a good kid, um, but he's always kind of on the edge of falling into temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Will's kind of a goody two shoes, yeah. right? So they kind yeah. of balance each other out. Yeah. Um, and the the main temptation in this story is. Uh, basically jim wanting to become an adult and leave the town like yeah. he's he's, he's done tired this. of this yeah. this tiny town and he can't wait to leave and i kind of empathize with with the <laughs> jim more because i feel like i was like that as a as a teenager like really? i just wanted to get out of the town that i'm from yeah i couldn't really like Put myself into his sort of situation. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not saying like the, yeah the but like I could not look forward enough to graduating high school, going to college, leaving town. Like I I did not want to be in South Carolina anymore. Yeah, and you came from a smaller yeah like town so too. I think in the city proper um where I'm from it's it's about forty five fifty thousand people. Yeah, so. This book resonated with me a lot, especially as a kid, because um, I remember, like, he, he, Bradbury has sections in this book where he, like, pretty much perfectly describes the feeling that I had as a kid. Like, before you can drive, when having a bike was, (laughs) was like, 
that symbol of freedom or whatever. Yeah. Like, he perfectly describes the feeling, I think, of <clears throat> being a kid with a bike and your friend fall, um, school may or may not be in or out or whatever yet, and, like, being in a suburban town. Like, yeah. not, not a big city. So, like... Did any of that resonate with you as a kid? Because you grew up in Atlanta. Yeah, so I grew up here in Atlanta. And no, um, we did have bikes, but like, you know, it was just cityscape all over the place. And we wouldn't go that far because, again, like, you know, you're not going to let your kids, like, ride out on the highway or something like that. Yeah. And we had a park nearby, so we would usually go to the park. Now, that was actually one of the more interesting things was sort of getting this, like, spyglass perspective of the other half because yeah i never had that sort of experience always when you know we were hanging out with our friends uh we wouldn't do like bikes we would mainly just like go over to people's houses and play video games yeah because surprise surprise you know we were (laughs) we were kind of nerds yeah surprise yeah so we didn't actually bike too much we would occasionally play at a park but like yeah, we didn't really get out and do too much. It was mainly just, like, playing games, playing card games. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of interests me in that whole, like, I guess rural aspect where, you know, you could let your kids just go on a bike and be like, yeah, you know, go wherever you want and yeah. just come back by midnight. Or not Stay midnight, in the neighborhood. Like, yeah, yeah, come back before dusk or something like that but you know living in the city like you kind of get worried about your kids because oh yeah the city's not the safest i mean you know it is not bad i mean neither one are like particularly safe yeah but but, like you you would worry about your kid like getting hit by traffic like i assume you know there wasn't a big concern about like having your kid run over by a car when you're out in the fields out in the middle of nowhere because you would have open space, you would have parks, you would have, like, forces and things along those lines. Here in Atlanta, you know, our green space was Piedmont Park, so we'd go a lot over there. But other than that, yeah, we weren't, like, really roaming around too much. Yeah, well, and, and I, you know, I, I think that this isn't really a childhood that exists anymore post, like, yeah. cell phones. Because, like... I feel like our generation is the the last generation to have grown up without cell phones because I got one in high school. Yeah, I mean, I had, so, like, an old flip phone and everything like that, yeah. so... Oh, I had the big, like, Nokia brick. Yeah, the brick. <laughs> the, the faces that you could change. Yeah. Those things are indestructible. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, like, I don't feel like anyone's childhood is this anymore. Yeah, um, which may... It's kind of a bygone memory. Which may make some of the um, allegories and um, some of the the themes that Brad or Bradbury's trying to um, push kind of difficult and maybe that's some of the reasons why I personally didn't get it. Yeah. Maybe if I had been growing up during that era or something like that, I would understand more. But yeah, sometimes they just they kind of passed me and I yeah, didn't pick up on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I know my wife tried to to read this book on on my recommendation and she didn't... I'm not saying it's a bad book. No, not, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, and, and just from the other perspective, we're we're both male. So my wife tried reading this, and she was very much like, 
it's too it's too boyish. Yeah, like there, it's there is a, no it's very female, much yeah. like there's there is no female. Well, there's like two female antagonists, but yeah. but like it's so rooted in it being is. a young boy, boy in a small town that it can be off putting. Yeah, no, I, I um I can see that perfectly because because it's like I don't. She was like I don't connect to any of these. Like I never had this experience because yeah. she grew up. You said rural. I would say suburban in was my background. Oh, okay. I didn't grow up in a rural area. She grew up in a rural area. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and she's like, I don't, like, I can't connect to this. Kind of like you. Like, you had to, you have to kind of be from a certain slice yeah. of, a but, size of town, I think. To, but I could connect really get... with the, like, boys having, like, a, a, a friend group. Because, you know, yeah, we had yeah, a friend group. We did have one who was a little bit more um, aggressive, who would want to do more, like, Dangerous you know, mischievous things. things. Yeah. yeah. And I could definitely fit myself into Will where I was one of the kids who were like, nah, let's just go back home and like chill or, you know, like. Let's, let's not let's... TP old man Carruthers house. Yeah. Or something like that. Or like, let's not jump the fence to like get into this place that we're not supposed to be in. Yeah. Let's go back home. Yeah. Yeah. Where I can eat a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... That's something I could connect with. I could definitely connect with that relationship between the two boys. Sure. Um, yeah, it's just the the more of the, like, you know, growing up, leaving the town. Because I love Atlanta. I've always loved Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I never, you know, wanted to leave Atlanta. So that's why it's a little bit harder for me to connect with that. Sure. Uh, theme but i can i can definitely tell like yeah if you're in a smaller town you probably want to get the hell out of dodge yeah. and like start your life like yeah you know well and then like on the flip side i also empathize now with charles because charles temptation in this is he wants to become young again yeah. and it's like well now as someone in his mid-30s like I get that. Like yeah. I get, I get wanting to be eighteen again yeah. and living my life over again. But do yeah. you? I mean, I just, uh, and maybe it's because <clears throat> mid thirties isn't super old. <laughs> like we're not in our fifties or anything no, like no, that. No, 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 no. Uh, like Charles was, but like, I don't like. I would think about it, but like, I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, sign me up or anything like that. Like, you know, I, I lived, I lived those good, uh, good twelve. 15 years i think yeah. it, they're nice like i don't know if i would want to do it again i'd want to do it again with the knowledge that i have now yeah of well, how things and, turn out so and that's the like, thing okay. is like he didn't lose his knowledge yeah exactly like yeah. he retains his you know his experience of his 50 odd years uh when he turned back into a youngster yeah yeah um yeah, it's just the the. I guess what I'm saying is that like I, I relate to this book because of like the general theme of struggling with temptation. I yeah. guess like because like it's 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 really struggling with with uh, like a balance between regret and hope. Yeah, and again, it's not like the uh, amu- not amusement the uh, carnival didn't just. It wasn't just one temptation of becoming younger or older. There was a plethora of different temptations and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, so, that was just an example. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like 
becoming more pretty or becoming more personable or something along those lines uh, was a temptation. So, you know, it's interesting that it would kind of like tailor make your temptation. Yeah. Well, and I think another big big one in this because like that that's the most explicit one that he writes about in, in here is the, the temptation yeah is the the I, I feel like that there's another theme in here of desire versus reality mm, yeah. where you know yeah. like Jim is is like he he has all these wants and then you know obviously Charles has all the the regret or not not regrets but the the reality of of what actually being an adult is like yeah yeah um, it's it's and the, it's this balance of of like yeah i want to grow up and get out of get get the hell out of town and it's like mm, do you really though yeah you're going to have to find yourself a job you're going to have to get yeah. a job yeah. you you're going to have to find a house food. yeah you're going to have to pay for water so you could poop inside yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think there's that theme in there, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's also the good versus evil theme as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a strong of, like, like the the antagonists aren't, like, ambiguous antagonists. These people No, are, they're explicitly They're explicitly yeah, Like, he's evil. not... He is pure evil. Yeah, and I, I feel like older sci-fi does a better job of... of painting with these broad brushes because mm-hmm. it's like there's no ambiguous like well maybe they just need redi- no yeah. no they are bad like yeah. he's making a Mr. point Dark here is... of like this story is good and evil like yeah. these are the good people uh, and and they can fall into temptation but bad people don't get any redemption yeah. like they're bad through and through <laughs> yeah. you don't feel sorry for them Yeah. so I think that's like a heavy theme there too where it's like good versus evil yeah. Um, like you're saying, there's no real like ambiguousness in the um, in the story. Like you know who's like on the side of good and who's yeah. you know evil and trying to um, tempt people. I mean, hell, the dust, which is like I said, her the tattoo, yeah, um, representing her is a corrupted nun. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's. Now, that's a, another question. Did it get too magical on you with the whole Dust Witch? Like, did it kind of break into a different vein? Because... I with... mean, I always treat this as, like, a either dark... Fa- like, it's not horror. I treat it as maybe dark fantasy. Really? Yeah. I, I saw it more as kind of horror. Yeah. Um, And I do feel like the Dark Witch... I mean, again, my personal opinion and everything... Sure. Kind of, like, dipped into like a weirder type of magic where like temptation is more of like you know these you had to make the decision to get on the ferris wheel or whatever yeah to have that happen to you so i know that there's that magic there but then the witch was just like spells yeah and it's like oh okay so we can just do spells now all right she can she can yeah (laughs) Um, so, and it wasn't, like, super jarring or anything like that. I just, I thought that was an interesting, um... Mix? Yeah. Like, oh, here's a stage magician. Nope, she's a real magician. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, and, again, not a complaint. It's just, it's interesting that that kind of got mixed in there. Yeah. Um, so, other than that, I, like, 
I enjoyed this book. I, yeah. I enjoyed... Uh, do we want to spoil the ending or... Yeah, go ahead and spoil the ending. Uh, I do enjoy that, like, love is the major, like, theme of that's how you defeat evil is through love. Through love. Yeah. Even um, though evil has no chance of redemption, love is the way you do yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, long-time listeners probably know that I'm a, a sucker for a good, like... Love story? Well, that, and just, like, I, I'm happy to see, like, you know, not, like, destroy your enemies, crush them, drink yeah. their blood from the, you know, their skulls. Like, I, I do really enjoy the love and the compassion and everything like yeah. that. And um, I I really I really enjoyed the ending. What what about you? Oh, I did too. Like like I said, this is a favorite of mine from from childhood. Yeah. Um, this is to me when it, when I think of Ray Bradbury and his style of science fiction, mm-hmm. I think of either this or the Halloween Tree, which are very similar books. Uh, Halloween Tree is technically a novella. Okay. Um, I've only seen the uh, film. It's it's pretty similar. It's, it's very dark it's, too. It is, yeah. but but if you remember, the ending of both of them is that that you know, love either familial yeah. love or yeah. fraternal love, like in or not fraternal, but. The love of friends or what in the Halloween tree. Yeah. Um, Did they have the like, as spoilers for Halloween tree, um, but at the ending, then they like have to give up some of their years to the yes. sick kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess that was kind of like, as a young kid watching this movie, I was like, that's interesting love is about sacrifices yeah, it is um it, it is <laughs> you know i really i kind of want to re-watch it or uh yeah well like and and that's the thing is that this this book is um in, in the halloween tree i don't i didn't do any research on the halloween tree no but, because you didn't know we were going to bring it up because <laughs> i had a feeling just because this book is so close close um, to it yeah they, they have very similar themes and and like Anyway, what I was saying is that that when I think of Bradbury and his style of like you know, love love is the answer, I guess, of mm-hmm. like like writing the wrongs of the world. Yeah. Um, I think of this book and I think of Halloween, Halloween Tree. Tree. Yeah, um, that's yeah yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for that as well. Yeah, uh, even though I I tend to skew a little bit more grimdark. Yeah. Then you, um, I mean, I'm still a sucker for that type of story. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't like, you know, hearts were shooting out everywhere and everybody was giving out hugs and stuff Oh, like no, that. it's still a very tempered... It's, it's a very, very tempered, yeah, yeah, love. Like, it doesn't, like, take a hard turn into, like, everybody gets hugs and kisses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does not turn into, a, I guess, a magical girl anime. Yeah. Like, it's, it's still very much, you know stayed midwestern like stiff upper lip mm-hmm. mid-century american way of approaching like yeah. a father loving his son, son and, yeah. and that he goes and plays with them like that's yeah throwing I, <laughs> the ball yeah yeah being like i love you son yeah. yeah yeah uh so i i really enjoyed the ending like i said 
a lot of stuff happens at the ending, like when uh, um, Mr. Dusk uh, kind of attacks uh, Charles. Like, that was yeah. super, uh, super crazy and crushes his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, like, the ending's really jammed-packed. I was like, wow. Yeah, a lot happens yeah. very quick. Like, I, I would say in the last 20 pages of this book, yeah. like, everything is just like, <laughs> okay, hit my deadline. Let's, <laughs> let's wrap this up and put a bow on it. Yeah. Which, Which I can I appreciate. Mean, yeah, like, and it doesn't take away from anything of the story. Yeah. Um, it just, it feels like it's a little bit more laser-focused, where in the middle of the story, it's kind of a more uh, neandering walk. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to describe a couple of other things that aren't super important, but let me describe them nonetheless. Where at the end, it's more like, okay, gotta hit this, 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 and this. And it's not as, you know, as jarring as a, it sounds. It does flow well, but like... When I finished the book, I was like, oh, wow, uh, you know, that was really fast. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I guess, did you did you have anything else you wanted to say about the book? Um, well, um, when we get to our conclusion, I'll do the conclusion. But, yes, I know that there's actually a movie. Uh, Disney. Yeah, uh, so I didn't write anything about it. There is a movie. Yes. Disney directed it. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see it. So... I haven't seen it in 25 years. Yeah. But I remember it being good, but I was also, like, eight or nine. Yeah. So... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch it over the weekend, so... Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know how it is. is. Yeah. 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 Um... And I was waiting to actually watch it uh, after I had finished the book. Gotcha. uh, Yeah, I just kind of want to see. Because I I saw some clips. It's interesting who they have uh, as uh, Mr. uh, Dust, or Dark. Dust. Dark. Dark, yeah. Um, It's, he's super, like, through, again, just the previews of the movie, He's super like slimy and everything like that. And oh really? Yeah. That's weird. It's it's interesting. Yeah, and like again, just through I haven't seen the movie or anything like that, uh, through the previews, like he has just tattoos on his palms. He doesn't like have like any full sleeves. Yeah, and or like illustrated like that. man means that literally, literally yeah. he's got head to toe tattoos. Yeah, that you're just like, like covered in tattoos, yeah. yeah. So it's it's an interesting that they just went with like palm tattoos, so. Which I mean, palm tattoos, it, palm tattoos and mouth tattoos fade the quicker. Like you're of constantly course, because you're using constantly. the yeah. Though I assume that must hurt like oh yeah crazy. No, those those two things hurt like um yeah yeah. Why would you ever want to do like a lip tattoo? Like I don't know, they were popular your... when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know, like, the inside of the lip, people would, like, you know, put words and stuff so they could fold down their lip. Mm-hmm. Strange. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would never get a tattoo on my palms. And again, um, uh, just for the viewers at home, I have no tattoos, but Zach has... I have two planning on getting more this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like... A, Oh, uh, you have a... Oh, yeah, from the, my knee to my ankle on my calf, I have a, a giant um, reworking of the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, we've gone to a couple of cons, and 
I see you just get compliments on yeah, that yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, lots of people point yeah. it out, and it's like, yep, nope, I realize it's there, thank you. No, they're not, like, pointing <laughs> no, it out. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking, yeah. <laughs> they're just more saying, that's really awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have no idea, like, the pain level of a tattoo. I'm only speaking out of my ass. You have actually, um, like... Yeah, like, I mean, it's pr- it's probably doable. It's probably less doable if you got it on, like, do you think you could take the pain of getting, like, a full, just, body of tattoos? Um, I mean, it would really hurt on your genitals. <laughs> I assume you're and, not getting it on your genitals. I mean, there are people that do. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, that that's that's yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, it's there not... Was a, I, there was a guy I'm in not, one of the shops okay. that, that I got my tattoos in that was talking about how he tattooed his own genitals. Oh, okay. So, and, like... You know, I'm not going to... I'm not... Yes, it's weird to me, but it might be perfectly normal to you, so... I if that's something well, I that... I can't imagine the pain level of tattooing your own genitals. Yeah. Like, that's... Um, and maybe you're just taking a swig of alcohol and just, like... I would assume that substances were involved, but, I, like, I didn't ask. I was just like, uh-huh, okay, cool. Yeah, and again, I'm sorry we're on the topic of tattoos now, but uh, yeah. uh, you can't actually get tattoos when you're inebriated. Like, tattoo... I mean, if you're a tattoo artist, though, and you have access to your own... Yeah, of course. Stuff. Yeah, like... But if you, like, roll up into a tattoo parlor and you're, you know... Um, I mean, there's legally they're supposed to... Turn you away, leave. right? Yeah. yeah, like, legally they should, but, like... Paying customer, it's paying customer. Like it yeah. depends on the the um, the. I don't want to say classiness, but like the level of shadiness, maybe. Okay. That is Sorry, associated I, I with. Didn't it. But, mean to go on this. Uh... Like I've I've never been to a a super super sketchy shady tattoo parlor that will that would take someone in yeah. like all the ones i've been to um either with with my wife or, or getting my own that like they're all like stand-up places that that, i yeah. can't see actually tattooing someone who's who's drunk like falling down drunk yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry set a sidebar yeah anyway About yes tattoos. no having <laughs> tattoos on your palms would would, would hurt a yeah. lot but like they're way more painful place like the um the crease in your arm is oh, probably okay. one of the more painful places to get it. Uh, Ooh, for people who do like sleeves and your, stuff, I'm sure that's yeah, a yeah. Part. The um, your ribs really hurt because you have to. Yeah, there's no actual like. Well, like I have a friend that has a set of tattoos down his ribs, and they're just like a collection of runes. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was getting them. It was painful because like it took forever, even though it's very simple lines right because the tattoo artist would basically have to tell but the way he was contorting himself because he's very tall and lanky oh yeah um it's on your ribs so that hurts a hundred percent yeah and then she was telling him when he could take a breath yeah because your rib cage expands as you breathe oh no yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm i'm not sure if i would ever get a tattoo at this moment in life I, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're fun. I like them. Yeah. No. I, anyway, though. like no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. Just talking on my own personal self. Yeah. But anyway, back to the uh, story at hand. Yeah. <laughs> um. Story hand. Palm. Yeah. Tech. No. You'll yeah. have to tell me where what you think of the movie because I yeah. like I said I've seen I saw it a while ago and I don't remember. And I'll probably 
talk about it on the next me me me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, did you want to give final thoughts on the book, or oh, go to yeah. movie time and then final thoughts? Or? We can do movie time. Okay. Again, um, I'm never really good at this. This is mainly uh, so I typecasted people. I put on my sleazy producer hat and I typecasted people. Yeah. Um, I was reading this probably back in July, and I think it's because Stranger Things was on that I was like, "That's." I was thinking the boys would be somewhere yeah, from. So, so I would I, do the kid with the bowl cut, the bowl cut. Oh, Will. Yeah. For Will. Will. For Will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know his name. For Will, I had Gaten Matarasso. He he plays a Dustin. Oh, the, Stranger Things? Yeah, as the well. curly hair kid. Yeah, yeah. Really? You saw more as a curly mm-hmm. hair kid? Oh. I saw, for Jim, I saw Caleb McLaughlin, who plays uh, Lucas. Lucas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then oh. for Charles, I have David Harbour. He's Hopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Sort of a... I mean, he's, though, the only, he's really the only adult male. Though I saw Charles Moore as a, a skinnier kind of guy. Not like dad fat. I saw him more as See, like. See, I picture I pictured Charles being a little bit heftier, but still like in shape because yeah. like he, he's unhappy. He's probably eating more than he should. He's probably maybe. drinking more than he should. Um, but he spends a lot of time, before. right? But yeah. he he spends a lot of time in the bar too. Yeah, like uh, there's several I guess scenes. True. Him, yeah. 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 I don't know, yeah. I just like rather than going home after work, he's just like he does the, the Midwestern nineteen fifties thing of like, I'm going to the bar. Yeah. I'll be home when and I'm home, honey. And it's so strange, yeah, because you really in this book, like the mom doesn't really get that much like no time or anything like that. And she just kind of accepts a lot of things, like that Charles comes home at late at night after the bar. She's like, "Well, that's that's." My I mean, that's man. just that's life and yeah, which the is so fifties in Midwestern America. So strange, yeah. yeah. Which is, and again, going kind of back to what your wife said, I can definitely see like there's no real like female role in. No. This book. No. So I could understand why it would be a real hard read for a, uh, a female. Yeah, like, I, just because there's not a whole, like, because so much of it focuses on childhood, yeah. again. Of male childhood. Being, being, like, men and women are, are do have different childhoods. And, yeah. And, yeah, like, I can see that being like, well, I can't, like, I have no idea what's coming next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, um, yeah. So for the antagonist, I have for GM Dark, I have um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking more of um, uh, Jack Sparrow. Uh, oh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's just because he has lots of tattoos, though. Yeah, right? I, but he's kind of got that slarmy, you know. Oh, you know who would be a good director for an adaptation of this? I think is yeah. Tim Burton. Yeah, I think Tim Burton Johnny would. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like Johnny. I feel but like then Tim he Burton, would. He would put. He would Johnny, put Johnny Depp. Depp in there yeah. somewhere. Just hopefully as not Mr. as Dark. Well as father. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. But uh, but yeah, like as... Johnny Depp with the weirdo like circus yeah. stuff. Like I feel like Johnny or uh, Tim Burton would would definitely do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, for J C Cougar, I have John Lithgow. Who who's that? 
Uh, he is the dad on Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, um, yeah. He, the, his like, mouth taller. is a circle. Yeah. Like, he opens his mouth very yeah. wide. I, I, okay. I can see that, yeah. Um, Dust Witch, I have Angelina Jolie. Okay, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, because she, she plays bad very... villain, or she plays villains um, kind of infrequently. Mm-hmm. You like, know, I can I've, only think of a couple of movies where she's explicitly the villain. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never seen, um, oh, what was that movie? Maleficent? Yeah, I've never seen Maleficent. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, just recently, a uh, sequel came out? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to see it, but... Yeah. I, I know. theaters. I need to, I need to sit down and watch the first Malefic- Maleficent. Yeah. Because I hear, yeah, people say that it's really good. And yeah, her performance yeah. is fantastic. But yeah, I can definitely see her as the witch. Yeah. The dust witch. Um, so for Miss Foley, I have Amy Sedaris. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Tom Fury, I have Jackie Earl Haley. Who's that? He played Rorschach in the uh, Watchmen movie. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. He's I a can tiny see guy. Yeah. Kind of grizzled. Yeah. Huh. Um, so I guess all that leaves is, uh, the rating. So what did you rate this novel? I gave it a solid B. B? Okay. I went with A. You went, went with, with A? a. Okay. It's, it's a, like I said, it's a favorite of mine from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a bit of nostalgia is kind of nostalgia on Nostalgia glasses are probably guiding that. So okay. yeah. So, I mean, on the rating I, scale, that, that makes it B plus, A minus. Yeah. So, which is accurate. I so... Think. I had fun reading this book. Like yeah. I said, um, it really, um, it w- was a really good read. Um, it was spooky. It was scary. And um, again, it kind of reminded me of Goosebumps, and I really loved Goosebumps when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, the only reason that it's not an A is, again, I think it's because there are some obtuse language that he uses. Um, some um, it's just antiquated. Yeah, yeah. allegories, some um, similes that is in the book that like I just did not get. I didn't recognize. Um, so I felt like maybe if it was a little bit simpler writing, I would have given it an A. Um, not like completely simple, but you know, if he toned it down a little bit, I think that would have bumped up my grade. And then, again, like, making that middle part, cutting cutting a little bit from it. Yeah. Um, Trimming the middle would probably serve it. Yeah. But then again, like, I, I could see then it would probably border to, like, a novella since it... Or not a novella, but, like, you know, maybe he had to pad it a little bit just to make it into a novel. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. it's not a very long... Again, yeah, it's not a very long uh, book. Which Fahrenheit four fifty one isn't either. He's a much stronger short story writer. Yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, but yeah, like long, like drawn out Stephen King style novels. Yeah, pro- not, not not. But not as again, I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed yeah. um, just the themes. Um, I felt like it was uh, it's a good book. It's definitely a good spooky book, and it's not like. There is no blood and gore, so there's no, like, you know, visceral feeling of ickiness. 
uh, on my part, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't, like... It's spooky without the gore. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's spooky without the gore, and I really kind of like that. Like, yeah. I'm not a big fan of body horror and, like, blood and, yeah. um, you know, visceral sort of stuff. I like, you know, the sort of ghost story, down-home sort of deal, so that's why I really enjoyed the story. Makes so, sense. Yeah. So, it's solid B. Okay. I would I would recommend this to somebody. I'd probably recommend this more to, like, one of my male friends than my female friends. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, any concluding thoughts or... No. No? No. Would you recommend it. it to anybody or... Yeah, I would recommend it to anyone. Um, like you said, probably more men than women, although, like, it's... I feel like it's a story that anyone can read and appreciate. But yeah. You may you may not you may have different levels of success with with going and, and feeling any sort of attachment to the characters. Yeah. So yeah. There is that caveat. Yeah. All right. I so, think that wraps up a book. That wraps up this one. This is a sode. Um so our this next is a what? book sode. An episode? Yeah, episode. You're just too lazy to... Yeah, I'm too lazy. It saves me time. <laughs> That's yeah. why you use contractions. It saves you time when you speak. Um, so our next book was your pick. Yes. Uh, the Little Prince. Is it The Little Prince? Nope. 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 Which one is it? Oh, Catcher in the Rye. Rye. Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye from 1951. Um, yeah. So we'll be covering that probably in a few weeks because I'm it's, sure it's people a, have read it in high school yeah. too. So I feel like there's very little chance of spoiling this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because I yeah it was it was a book that I read in high school. It was you know one of my uh, lit teachers actually gave it to me to read. It wasn't I like really like this novel. Yeah. I mean it's it's very it's a strong choice. Yeah. It uh, there's a lot of controversy around it too yeah, so yeah i'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get our shovels and we'll dive deep into it yeah so um with that we'll cover that in a few weeks i guess um, spoilers on Lil prince that's that's yeah that'll be his his uh, selection uh in a little bit um so, <laughs> sorry i totally forgot no, no, about no, no, you're fine um so yeah we'll we'll be reading that um in the meantime we have nerd fights going on check out our facebook yeah it's a back row super show it's four separate words mm-hmm. send us an email um, over at backrowsupershow at gmail.com yep and then we have a main show that comes up uh, we have Mimi Me's where we talk about things that aren't really long enough for a main main topic or whatever yeah again like I referenced probably going to talk about the movie of the book yeah like so. but yeah or just the things we've been doing and um, yeah that should do it we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week alright yeah. and uh, as always be kind rewind Stay golden.